The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 137. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Pete, say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home, it's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Do apologize for anyone listening. I'm still getting over this cold, so if... Mm. If I start hacking up a lung, I can trust Victor's uh, editing to uh, to clean to, to move <laughs> that. <laughs> he'll he'll put like gunshot sounds in or something. <laughs> yeah. Put zat zat sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are discussing the seventh episode of season seven, Enemy Mine. Colonel Martin Ed- Edwards oversees a mining operation on P3X403. After discovering sn- significant Nakoda deposits crucial for the Pentagon's spacecraft production. When Lieutenant Roeder vanishes and signs of the UNAS activity arise, SG-1 joins the search. Daniel Jackson warns of the UNAS presence, but Edwards presses on. Amid the conflict, Major Lauren's shock prompts a retreat. Ordered back, negotiations fail with escalating tensions. Facing overwhelming UNAS numbers, Daniel is able to broker a deal. The UNAS mine the Nakuda for Earth in exchange for food, forging an alliance against the Gould, averting a bloody clash, and securing a mutually beneficial relationship. What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? Well, it's an off-planet story. Right? It feels like we haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> feels like they're always they're, yeah. they're trying to save money by staying in the SGC or on Earth. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's an okay story. I mean, it's it is nice to see the Unas as something more than just stupid beasts that the Gwald used to use, but they're actually you know intelligent or at least show some intelligence. Um. You know, of course, you had the the colonel, the stuck up colonel that had to basically be proved wrong and humbled. And um, but other, you know, it was it was okay. It wasn't a bad bad story by any stretch of the imagination. It just wasn't a great one. It was a, it was another Daniel Shines episode. Yep. Because yeah, Sam and Teal'c are barely in this. Mm-hmm. Sam's there to say, "Oh, you're not going off planet with us because you're working on the uh, security system of the dialing computer." Her her little project, yes. <laughs> yeah, got to keep your uh, dialing computer in proper maintenance and you know tip top shape there. Probably running Patch Tuesday uh, updates on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Windows ninety eight. Yep, yeah, she's in that Windows Early Access Club or whatever they had. <laughs> At this point, it was probably XP. Oh, could have oh, been. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. XP but it's the out, government. Yeah. It's the government, so it was probably like NT three five one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on this episode, Victor? Yeah, I really, I really like this one. Um, written and directed by by Peter DeLuise, and it's uh, you know, even down to the title "Enemy Mine," uh, which was a working title. It wasn't meant to be the final title, but you know, kind of wound up sticking, um, which is a reference to a. Uh, 
Daniel Quaid and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. movie of the same name. And there's other influences here. Peter DeLuise kind of incorporates different, you know, influences, movies, TV shows, and works them into the Stargate universe. And that's what we have here. So, but it really works. There's, there's action, there's drama, there's, you know, linguistic challenges with, with the Unas. I always like the Unas episodes too. So that's a little bit of my bias. And so I, I like it and we get some really good uh, guest stars in this episode as well. Including uh, Michael Rooker, who mm-hmm. best known as uh, Yondu from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He's not blue, yeah. though. No, yeah. if you hear him whistling, you might want to like hide under something. Yeah. Like a rock <laughs> or something. <laughs> and then Alex Zahara plays the, the main Unos. And he's mm-hmm. pretty much anytime there's an alien with makeup, I feel like it's, there's a good chance it's him. Yeah. And if it's not him, it's Dion Johnstone, who isn't yeah. in this, even though he played played Shaka earlier. Yeah. yeah. Dion Johnstone was at the Stratford Shakespeare Festival in Stratford, Ooh. Ontario during while while they were filming this. So they had to temporarily re- replace uh, him as Chaka. And if you've never had a chance to go to the Stratford Festival, you know, Stratford upon the Avon, uh, I can recommend it if you if you like theater. Um it Nice. You know, it's it's cool. it's it's a really good the, uh, theater festival. I want to see a Shakespeare play put on in Unos makeup in the Unos language. <laughs> I'm sure that they've done something like that there at some point. Yeah. Better in the original Unos. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Klingon. <laughs> kaka, kaka, kaka. Kaka, kaka, kaka. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's my uh, my one man version of uh, Chaka, or as they say in in, in human uh, Hamlet. There you go. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny to see uh, where most of the time we get the point of view of the S of SG one, and they're they're like the the forefront of Earth's forays out into space, and they're pretty, despite the fact that. Uh, Jack O'Neill is in charge of them. They're much more diplomatic in the way they handle things a lot of the time. So it's interesting to get the perspective of the guy who's there to run a mining operation and has quotas to meet and other people he's reporting to and to get his perspective on this kind of thing because he's not coming at it from the point of view of the rest of the team and, you know, how can we diplomatically handle this? His focus is, I need to get this ore out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's his orders. You know, he has orders to get Naquita ore. And I like that they didn't make him a bad guy because it would have been mm-hmm. the easiest thing in the world to mm-hmm. make him like a Colonel Kurtz or something, you know, over the deep end. I hate all Unas or something like an yeah. Avatar, um, you know, movies or something. But but he's, you know, he's very sympathetic. He's He has his orders. And, you know, once Daniel is able to win him over, you know, he's he's like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, your way was the best way. Well, yeah. it, it's not even so much Daniel win him over as Daniel make it clear to him, either you do this or we all die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you, you do see his perspective, like his, his experience of this species is they kidnapped and brutally murdered and strung up one of my guys. Like, why should I feel sympathy for them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in the director's commentary, Peter DeLuise makes it clear that he was influenced uh, primarily by like two movies uh, when he was writing and directing this. The first was Ghost in the Darkness, which I've seen, which is a Val Kilmer movie, I think from the late 90s. 
where you know there's uh they're trying to build a, a railroad across Africa and there's these two lions that are attacking oh, the workers right. and their families and dragging them off and so they bring in I think Val Kilmer who's he, either he plays the hunter or Michael Douglas plays the hunter or something and they have to like get these two lions and so kind of you see that with some of the Unas just coming out and like grabbing people and and dragging them mm-hmm. off and the other one I haven't seen is um is a horror movie from around the time this this was written called like Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is the same thing. And there's like a, a creature that's like, you know, stalking and, and hunting people as well. It was a pretty effective scene where the, the, the surveyor gets grabbed and all you see him is being drugged through the underbrush. Yeah. And that's all the camera is just focused on him as yeah. he's being drug out, you know? Yeah. He was one of the like SG one stunt performers. So oh, really, um, yeah. Who, uh, who had a more of a, 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 well, a role until he was, you know, dragged off screen and then hung up by the Unas. Yes. <laughs> we get to see uh, uh, Chaka again, and he's got some new threads. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, he's got his cool duster. and uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kinda, that kind of looks West. He kind of had the Western look going on there with the belt, you know, that looked like the uh, gun bullets, like a bullet uh, bandolero. Yeah. Yeah. So after um, Lieutenant, uh, you know, expendable or whatever is dragged off and strung up, you know, Daniel realizes that they're going to need to take more of a diplomatic tact with the Unas. And the only way you can do that is with someone who thinks like an Unas because he is an Unas. And so uh, he the, the reveal of Chuck is actually pretty cool. He's like, oh, we need somebody who, you know, we need somebody who can help me translate and stuff. You're like, who could that be? And then he walks to the Stargate and there he is with with Chaka. You know, looking a little bit more in, in you know, uh, human attire. And they do reference back to Beast of Burden, um, mm-hmm. the episode Beast of Burden, and indicate that, you know, I guess Chaka's rebellion was successful, or at least to the point mm-hmm. where they could negotiate a peace with the um, human uh, colony yep. that, that had enslaved them. Mm-hmm. And of course, we get Colonel Rooker saying, well, how many, you know, how many humans did he kill? <laughs> and and yeah. Daniel's like, that's not important. <laughs> Pay no attention to the body yeah. count. <laughs> yeah, I like the way they handle that because it's, yeah, they have to take this, this situation where both sides have done less than savory things to each other. Mm-hmm. But the only way forward is to figure out how and to work it, together. And it's a kind of a, uh, you know important for the whole the storyline of this episode of you know yeah the 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 unas killed one of sg11 and sg11 took out way more of the unas Mm -hmm. but both sides have to come to the compromise yeah yeah and we do get some cool foreshadowing there where in that and we do get a lot of really good uh action sequences in that first one when they're when they're chasing the unas um and Colonel O'Neill is with him. I guess Richard Dean Anderson, for whatever reason, stepped back a lot in the season, which is why we're seeing a lot of episodes where mm-hmm. he appears, O'Neill appears at like the beginning and then disappears until the very end or is a child for most of the episode because he was starting to step back uh, from the show. Well, and, and we talked about in, in during Lifeboat when they were filming that, that yeah. his dad had died. So I can imagine that it still affected him throughout the rest of the season as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he's he's and then that's why he gets injured in the initial Unes attack. But the intent there was really to create that kind of like frantic, like like 
we didn't expect this attack. Everything, mm-hmm. it's all chaotic. And they, he did a really effective job, especially for like a 2001 or whenever this was made, 2003 yep. TV show. Um, that UNAS attack is very effective. And you, oh, yeah. and you feel bad because you know the UNAS aren't monsters. They're, you know, sentient beings and probably have a reason for what they're doing. And to see them get, get you know, wiped out and killed is, is not great. I really like how they haven't done anything where Chaka learns how to speak like a like a normal human or anything like that yeah. because it I I feel like that would have been the easy way out to humanize mm-hmm. the Unas more but I like it they keep their language very alien and yep. very like almost kind of gross well, and, sounding to humans because it it yep. works with what they're trying to convey of these are well, still sentient beings even yeah they have the one, one Unas, the leader Unas, where he actually says honor. Yeah, mm. at the very end. At the very end, and you know, and that again, that that's that's very effective of saying, okay, they've come to this compromise, and they he realizes that yes, the humans have treated him with honor. Daniel has treated him with honor, and so he makes that effort. Mm. And that was all the Unas wanted all along was to be like respected as you know felt as equals basically yeah. uh, if, or if not equals to not be hunted i suppose yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially once they realize yeah. that the humans were there to get resources to kill the gold they're like oh okay we're good with that yeah <laughs> yeah we as like long that as, idea as long as you don't keep shooting us which is kind yeah. of what kicks it off as well but yeah alex sahara plays iron shirt um sure you know because right. he because he has the uh he has a jaffa iron kind of neck uh you know chain link yeah 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 Yeah, and that's also a a very cool thing too is that we before we even see the unas um you know sg1 has been brought in to 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 search for the missing lieutenant you know they have a whole bunch they have this cart covered up with a tarp and daniel pulls it back and sees all these rudimentary mining tools as well as staff weapons and ghouled shock sticks and he's like what's going on here and that kind of gives them the first idea that it's unas but Throughout, when they go into the uh, the woods and they get to the the fire where they you know meet the Unas clan, there's a an altar set up and it's all just like you know ghouled weapons arranged like a like a like a shrine to mm-hmm. to pain of you know Zat and it's cool because they used all the props from the show Zat weapons and staff weapons oh, yeah. and and stuff mm-hmm. there but and so it makes sense then we do see dead Jaffa and stuff uh, hung up as well. Yeah, it's uh had a had a Blair Witch Project vibe with those setups. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where's Josh? Where's the map? As they run through <laughs> the woods. Are those teeth? Yeah. Sorry, spoilers for Blair Witch Project. Spoilers for a twenty-five-year-old <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's out of that window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's not really much you can do to spoil it. Creeped me out That's when a- I saw it back in like 1999 or whenever it was. <laughs> I've never actually never seen it. Yeah, Like me you either. get into a movie theater where like there's been no found footage films like ever. Mm-hmm. And you watch this and you're like, you could suspend, you could still suspend disbelief there. And you're in like this crowded theater of people who are doing the same thing. And, and it was like very effectively creepy at the time. Like now yeah. you'd probably watch it and be like stupid, but yeah. yeah. 
this camera camera <laughs> editing sucks this camera panning sucks i can't see what's going on no. yeah and uh, i did uh actually that fall so after the movie came out i did have a business trip to, to to northern virginia and one day i took a trip up to maryland just to like visit burkittsville maryland which is you know where you know the blair witch supposedly was from and they were milking the heck out oh of i'm the movie. sure they were they were uh, selling yeah. like blair witch buttons and stuff like like the like it's a very small town well, and the streets were shop. filmed yep. yeah because because that was their moment and uh yeah <laughs> as they should as yeah. they should capitalism at its finest yeah uh, <laughs> i i like yeah. daniel at the beginning of this where they get on the planet and he notices all the artifacts and he's just getting upset because they moved them all well they're in the way and yeah. jack just goes daniel Go to your happy place. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch is riding tricycles and stuff. Yeah. But of course that yeah. actually ends up being part of the problem is the fact that they yeah. were taking all these artifacts that were sacred to the Unas because mm-hmm. so many of them had died there. Yeah. And we do. Um, yeah. That's the whole thing is there, there are other, there's other places where the Nakwita isn't quite as rich, but this one particular vein, which is the sacred realm of the, the Unas had, mm-hmm you know, unbelievable amounts of Naquita. And we are introduced to, to one of my uh, favorite kind of background or recurring characters in, in Stargate at this point. That's um, uh, Kayvon Smith's uh, yep. or Kevin Smith's major Lauren. Um, yep. This is his first appearance and he shows up in Atlantis quite a bit. So mm-hmm. seasons like two through five or so of, of Atlantis yeah. um, and the name well, major, the entire yeah. Season yeah. run. Yeah. Well, I think he's, he's, not he's in season a, he's an one, in and out. But, he's an yeah. in and out character though. He's not in every episode. He, I think yeah. he's only in like half the episodes or something like that. He'll like walk in in the back or like when they have an away mission, he'll be just kind of standing around or, or doing something. But the name Major Lauren actually comes from uh, uh, Peter DeLuise's brother-in-law. His wife's hmm. brother is named Lauren. So, hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Lauren Green. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's. Yeah, there's a uh, character on the show, Angel, named Lauren, who is actually a demon, and so he's green. Yeah. So, so his name is Lauren, and he points at his face, and nobody gets it. And he's yeah. Lauren Green. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I saw he's in like 29 episodes of Atlantis. So Yeah, yep. yeah. And they, they, they back his story that he's got the special ancient gene in his yep. family tree, so... That's how he's able to go to the Atlantis mission. Wow. Yeah. When we get to Atlantis, yeah, there's a gene that activates ancient technology. And so they can go Actually, back we through. We should get that pretty quick here, aren't we? Oh, yeah. We're coming up at the end of the season. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. And this is episode seven. Okay. So we still got. Yeah. We got some good episodes coming up. Yep. So. Yeah. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah. Uh... Things are going to start getting interesting as far as. Uh, as far as. Uh, with Atlantis and the ancients and all that, it's going to be fun. Nice. I'm really looking forward to starting Atlantis. But unfortunately, when Atlantis starts, SG-1 starts sliding ah. because they put all their energy to Atlantis. Yeah. Well, isn't this the last season with uh, uh, Jack O'Neill as a regular? Or is uh, that? Yeah, season eight, he's still officially, I think, a cast remember it's just is, isn't eight eights when he's general yeah and then nine of course is that we get Bo bridges yeah but yep but um speaking of uh characters switching out i uh i wonder how um 
Jonas would have handled the situation. I would have liked to see that. Yeah, they actually, I think this episode was pitched for season six. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, if you're if you're having the Unas, you need to have Daniel Jackson. Right. And so that they held sense. it. Yeah. And and so, yeah, it would have been really cool to see him like approach the Unas, you know, but I think it would have retread a lot of like, you know, the first ones and mm-hmm. and, and Beast of yeah. Well, and they would have had, of course, Jonas, Jonas with his, you know, photographic memory was like, oh, yeah, I remember reading in, in Daniel Jackson's <laughs> journal about yeah. this chakra, you know, it's like. Okay. <laughs> and of course, Chaka is going to immediately trust him. And yeah. yeah. And another guest star we get is uh, Stephen Williams as uh, General Vadrine again. Yep. He comes back. And Stephen Williams has been in everything from like Blues Brothers, but he was in 21 Jumps. He was on 21 Jump Street with Peter DeLuise. So that, oh, nice. that explains the, comp- uh, the connection there. But yeah. And so he's there to basically um, be the bad guy from the Pentagon. Yeah, to say like we need the we need the Nakwa and stuff, and it's always it's always good to see him too. So another oh, yeah. one yeah, of our he's, uh, he's special always, guest he's stars. He's always good when he's on screen. And and General Hammond gets literally one scene with General Vadrine. Yeah, yeah. Got to make those residuals. Don, Donis Davis must have had his week off. That was his vacation week. And uh, yeah, from the commentary, you learn that like once they say cut, like Donis Davis was, you know, went from like very serious General Hammond to being just like, you know, like the lovable old bear that you would assume, assume that he is, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> telling people about his paintings and sculptures and stuff that he's doing. Nice. Yeah. Quite an accomplished I really painter. Right? I need to check that out. Yeah. That's cool. He seems like yeah. a fun guy to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I saw this pointed out on the uh, the wiki, but um, I did notice this too during the episode, is that it, this is very similar to um, the Devil in the Dark episode of the original series of Star Trek, mm-hmm. where with oh, the, yeah. uh, the Horda. Oh, yeah. The, the lasagna that crawls around on the ground, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Which, apparently, that was the episode that was filming when uh, William Shatner's father died. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, something again something I learned from the commentary tracks on the Stargate SG1 discs, but I don't know if that's I'll have to actually look that up, but some <laughs> synchronicity there. Yeah. If we ever get to that episode on Secrets of Star Trek, we'll have to make sure oh, we man, Yeah. Don't you have another like three the, seasons yeah. of Discovery to do or something? But Ugh. no, no. We're <laughs> only one more season of Discovery and we're gonna do the Dom and I are gonna suffer, so no one else has to and oh, do wow. the summary so you can listen to the summary <laughs> episode. No, we're we're not going to do yeah, okay. play by play on Discovery. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, awesome. Uh, do you have any other uh, thoughts on this episode? I did, I did have one as I was watching this. I was thinking Shaka and Daniel on P at P three X four hundred three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and I did uh, really appreciate uh, watching Chaka's face in this because you know he can kind of see how things are going with the Unas. There's a couple of really good moments where um, apparently pulling out the energy bar again, that was Michael Shank's idea. That wasn't in the, in the script until he wanted to bring that out, you know, where mm-hmm. they, uh, where they, you know, and that's a callback to the previous Unas episodes, but also to um, the movie where yep. uh, O'Neill gives uh, Kasuf the uh, chocolate bar. And mm-hmm. Was that O'Neill? Like, that's right. It was, was. It was. Yeah. And he goes, Bonnie way and stuff. And um, yeah. And uh, 
No, it was Daniel that handed him the chocolate. Okay, bar. so it was Daniel, Daniel gave one to? Uh, didn't he give one to um, Scara or something? Or... Scara. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah, no, I so I did appreciate that, and and, and there's the look that, um, and I'll have to I'll have to to look up who's playing uh, Scara in this episode. Uh, but um, you know, he gives the uh, the energy bar to uh, Iron Shirt, who who eats it, mm-hmm. and is like he does that whole like Unas like growling thing where it's like really good. And then they cut back to Scar, and Scar is like giving like the biggest like I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, look at him, and it's Chaka. Uh, not you keep saying Chaka, Scar. Yeah, Scar, sure. yeah, Chaka, yeah. Um, so I did appreciate that very much. And of course, when we go to sick bay, who's in sick bay again? But uh, Sergeant Siler yep. wearing a neck brace this time, so he's he's again <laughs> injured himself in some way. It would have been kind of funny though, is if if you know with with Sam working on the computer, if there would have been a scene just you know where where. Uh, O'Neill is bored and he's walking and he's just kind of looking over his shoulder like, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Good. And walks off, you know, just something <laughs> main, meaningless like that. Yeah. Because he's just bored. <laughs> and uh, Shaka was played by Patrick Curry in this episode, who is uh, fifth. Oh, okay. So he. Hmm. Yeah. So he's, he's in. This is not his, on, his only role in, uh, in Stargate. Yep. And. uh yeah, he did a really good job conveying emotion under all that makeup. Well, the only only problem, and I don't know if maybe it was because it was he was a different actor, but he didn't move his teeth at all. I yeah, I think that he may did have been not move his teeth at all when he talked. And if you watch uh, Dion Johnstone, he when he was playing Shaka, he would op- actually open his mouth and move his teeth. Oh wow, that was fifth the uh, the replicator who uh, yep. was betrayed by. Ah, interesting. And and he's actually in the next episode too, Space Race under heavy mm. alien makeup, as well as I think Alex Zahara is in that one as well. Yep. Nice. I feel like it'd be fun to be an actor who gets to play a bunch of different aliens. Although you gotta have patience, I guess, being in that makeup chair yeah. for so long. <laughs> yeah, showing up at exactly. three AM and yeah. Yeah, so we, we did have a a fun uh foreign language title for this one. Um in, in German, you know, so we, we often tease the Germans for, you know, but most of the you know, enemy territory. Very literal enemy. titles. Yeah. This one was uh, Die Nacquedamein. <laughs> the Nacquedamein. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, cutting right to the chase here. No nuance. Uh, it, it's about an Nacquedamein. Of course, that's what we would name the episode. I like Spanish. Enemigo mío. My <laughs> yeah. enemy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Uh, did y'all have any other thoughts on this episode? Nope. Nothing nope. here. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Dan W., Joshua D., Brian R., Gregory S., and Matei D. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find the video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. To find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate, and you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com, or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining us and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. 
Thanks, Jack. And O'Neill is right about you. You are a pain in the butt, but well worth it. I appreciate that's, that. That's my Michael Rooker impression. <laughs> yeah. And once again, I'm Jack Berizzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Hi, folks. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. Five years ago, StarQuest launched Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, which has become one of the most popular Catholic podcasts. The show educates and entertains tens of thousands of people every month, exploring mysteries and showing how we can use critical thinking to evaluate extraordinary claims. We're very proud of how Mysterious World has grown and fulfills our gospel mission. But we're not done yet. We are reaching tens of thousands, but even more people could benefit from hearing this and all the shows at StarQuest in our unique apostolate of spreading the gospel with podcasts and videos. To keep growing, we need your help. In the course of those nearly 300 episodes of Mysterious World, we've continually improved the show, adding a video version and animations that help illustrate the concepts we discuss. We've also begun adding video to our other shows as well to enhance their presentations and reach new audiences. We've also launched new shows, most recently, The Secrets of Sacred Art, which is best enjoyed as a video. And we have plans for even more growth, bringing the light of Christ to even more people online. We need your help, though, to make that happen. We have many generous supporters, but as time goes on, some people inevitably have to step back from giving. As a result, our resources have started to decrease. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time of year when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you're already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a financial supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give 15 or even just $10 a month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. And may God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.